This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey there, Mackie and Jeb with Rhymey listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey. You can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you, I promise. Are we ready? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Oh man, it's hard to put a number on it, but um, I feel good. I feel I feel like we've progressed, and uh, like I said, I'm I'm just um, you know I'll find out more every practice, and and uh, I'll be able to kind of judge where I'm at. You know, after practice today, and and you know Friday and Saturday, and and, and really you know Sunday before the game. So uh, in this league, it's all about being being close to 100% on game day. And um, you know, luckily, I got three, four more days to to get to that point. Football. Yeah, that's the news. Adam feeling questionable for the game on Sunday, and Pat Mahomes listed as questionable. A couple weeks ago, it was like, oh, he's poof, he's out for three weeks. That's best case scenario. Now they're they're saying he's questionable. I don't think he's playing. We agree. Yeah. By the way, where were you? We just did 40 minutes of Purple Daily. Hot yeah, yeah you didn't get up. the memo? I'm exhausted. I used to a two-man team. I looked at the schedule. My name wasn't on there. We uh, we even uh, de- denigrated your bears a little bit. It was great. Oh, good thing I was eating grilled cheese yeah. sandwiches then. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't denigrate. You both suggested something. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you tell them? Things. Actually, yeah, okay. I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't. What? What'd you guys do? Here's what Here's what we... So uh, we, we hijacked Purple Daily. And uh, we ran hot routes for 20 minutes at the end of the show because mm-hmm. Kyler's traveling to Kansas City. And we'll mm-hmm. get all into Vikings and Chiefs and all those things in the next 30 minutes. But one of the questions I threw to these guys was which teams currently in the NFL that aren't tanking. So like the Dolphins, the Dolphins are tanking. So they're off the sure. list. Teams that aren't tanking, which ones should? And I said the Chicago Bears. Jonathan said the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. because they're three and four. They're not going to make the playoffs in the NFC. They don't have a franchise quarterback. Here's why I say Just no. Just go four and twelve. Here's why I say no. That defense is too good to effectively tank. Well, that, this, but that, they, but they can't make the playoffs this year. No, no. I'm, but I'm saying that defense is good for six wins. Yeah, you're, you're only you're only going to tank so so far down the road. What if I told you? Yeah, not a you clue. can get better on defense by tanking. Oh, I'm not doubting the, the the values of tanking or the benefits of tanking. I think the Bears could be ben, could could be better for it. I'm not arguing with that premise. What I'm saying is, unless you just start making up injuries, yeah, like I, okay, then may, I That's don't I don't saying. I don't think you'd go that far. But hey, no, Khalil Mack, I think just, they're too, uh, they're too talented. Take think, the last half of the season off. Go to the beach somewhere, <laughs> rejuvenate, relax. But every try. photo you post, you have to have a sling. Yeah, try telling Khalil Mack that that dude is impossible <laughs> to keep off a football field. Well, then maybe you have to. Maybe you have to do. Maybe you have to 
help him Uh-oh. sprain his ankle. What are you, what are you going just to enough, just you enough to knock him out? Just enough to knock him out for wow. the next eight weeks, but not enough to knock him out for next year. Just saying. Okay, so it's um, going a little far. On the on hey, the kicker, you want to keep your job? Take out Khalil yeah. Mack's ankle. Okay, on the Vikings front, are we all in agreement, or does anyone have any dissenting opinion? I want Pat Mahomes to play this weekend so that we don't have to hear and we don't have to go through this whole thing. Well, the Vikings beat the Chiefs. Well, if they lose to the Chiefs without Pat Mahomes, it's going to be a whole thing. And then if they don't beat the Chiefs, or if they beat the Chiefs without Pat Mahomes, it's not going to count because that's what we're going to do, right? Well, it doesn't count because Pat Mahomes didn't play. I, I I won't do that. I'm telling you right now, I won't do that. And I will live up to my word that I am not going to do that. This Chiefs team without Patrick Mahomes, at least the offense, Without Patrick Mahomes, still a pretty high-powered offense. Look at what they did last week against a good Packers defense. They got down two scores, and everybody's like, uh-oh, here we go. Mahomesless Chiefs, going to get trounced. And all of a sudden, Matt Moore starts just throwing the ball up to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And who's the super-fast guy whose name I'm forgetting right now? Who Tyreek Hill, who you just said. No, 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 the other guy. The other guy who scored the touchdown last week. Um, damn it. Mm. I'll Sammy find Watkins? it. No, not him. Really fast, really, really fast guy who caught the ball and just ran away from everybody. Like Christian Okoye. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that, that, that Chiefs offense is still a very, very high powered offense. Probably because of Vandy Reed. I mean, that guy just knows how to draw up offenses. I think it's still, it's not the challenge that it would be with Patrick Mahomes under center. But still a challenge. And if I'm a Vikings fan, I still feel a little bit better about this team after if they're able to beat this, if they're able to beat the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes. I still feel better about them and their Super Bowl hopes next week. Nicole Hardman? That's the guy I'm thinking of. Thank you. I'm torn here because I want Mahomes to play and I want the Vikings to have to face the best players possible. But Mahomes' skill set with his current injuries presents some risk there. And I don't, I don't want him getting hurt worse. So as a football fan, I'd love to see him play. It'd be fun. But as we talked about uh, just before you got here, Rami, on Purple Daily. Yeah, you weren't here for that. He's not, because you missed that. He's not just a drop back passer, right? Because like if he could drop back and and you could protect him, I'd be like, okay, play him. That's fine. But he's not. So, but here's what I'm beginning, and hear me out here, because this is not a slight to the Vikings. But here's what I'm beginning to think, too. There are seasons that things go right for you. And that can involve guys on opposing teams being out. This is not a slight, all right? But you play Philadelphia. They don't have one decent, healthy cornerback. That's fortune. You play KC. We looked at this game in in April and said, good luck with that one. Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes MVP. Now he's probably not going to play. Some years, things start to fall into place, and and the one thing that's incredible is Thielen being hurt and not playing would be a detriment, but he's the only guy on the injury report right now. Like, this is off the charts weird for eight games in. My point being is there are certain years I, I firmly believe the football gods say to your team, have at it, it's your year, and things are at least going to go right. And so far in the first eight games, and I realized that there were there were hiccups because of what the Vikings did against the Packers and Bears. But so far in the first eight games, as far, far as the football gods go, things are going really well. I Don't mean like, to I jinx feel, it, but I feel like they're going real I feel, well. I feel like you're saying this as a setup to like, well, the no. other the other shoe always drops. With no, the it doesn't. No, it do, it doesn't in season. 
Thirteen and three. Case is this one of those, and that's fantastic. No, but, no, okay, no. <laughs> All right, thirteen and three, right? Case Keenum here. Well, but here's the thing. Agreed. Regular season, yes. Yes. And well, then okay. Shoot, I'm shoot not. Dropped I'm not assuring January. a playoff success here. My point being is, some years you get no breaks, and some years the Eagles all of a sudden don't have a defensive back who, who could stop me. Yeah. But here's the thing. Even with all the good breaks they've had, mm-hmm. and they've had, and they've had a few little injury things, and but I would even say it's good fortune to have the hiccup they had in Chicago, and then the fallout, and Stefan Diggs and I would agree with almost quitting, and then you somehow right that ship, and you play amazing football for a month. And like, it's only week four that it happens, and as opposed to week nine when all yeah, hell might break loose. It doesn't, you're right. doesn't derail your season. Your culture is good enough to absorb it and to move forward. And despite all those things, the Packers have had even better fortune, and the Packers are 7-1. and one. And so I think the Vikings... In order for them, if this is a Super Bowl goal this season for the Vikings, or let's just call it get back to the NFC Championship game goal and then let the chips fall where they may, which is kind of what this franchise, that's that's where this franchise is at, right? I don't think they can get to the NFC Championship game unless they win the division and play a home playoff game. I think playing a, playing in that stadium is such a different experience for the Vikings on the good side and then for opponents I think you have to play a home playoff game. Ideally, you would play a home NFC Championship game if you got that far. But let's just start with, you don't want to have to play two games to get to the NFC Championship game, which means you have to win your division. And ideally, you're the one or the two seed. And right now, in the NFC, you got New Orleans at 7-1, and one, San Francisco at 8-0. and oh, And we can talk about whether we believe in San Francisco. They looked amazing again offensively last night. And Green Bay is 7-1. and one. Your margin for error in the next eight games is very thin. So from that perspective, I'm okay with Pat Mahomes being out because you got to find a way to get to like 13 wins, maybe 12 gets you a home yeah, playoff game. Yeah, this game is a good mix of winnable and a good test. Like very winnable and a good test. Yeah. Because that's still going to be a good offense that you face, that your defense is going to face, and that your offense is going to have to try and keep up with. It's a very winnable test. You'll have tougher tests down the road for us to find out who this team is, but you also want to stack up wins if you're a Vikings fan and make sure that you're getting into the postseason. And then then we'll figure out how far they can go from there. And I, I think if you look at the schedule right now, three of the next four are really good tests, right? At KC, at Dallas on Sunday night. And I, I know that Dallas is not great, but at home in yeah. primetime, at home in primetime, that's not a bad defense, they're, right? They're a good team. That's a pretty good test. It's a playoff team. Denver, sorry, eh, they're not a good test. Bye week. Actually, the bye week might be a good test to just not get arrested. Okay, like just that's your test. Nobody, They've nobody. Done a good job of not doing that, except just for this week. Just because J. Ron was driving the car and Mike Hughes was puking out the back window doesn't come on. <laughs> um, but I think three of the next four was he really puking out the back window? I think that was the case. Yeah, it's just you know what, just he wasn't hey, driving though. Okay, we've all been there. He wasn't driving. Right. You know what? Who among us? Am I right? Well. It's a fair point. Are you saying as far as the driving part or puking? No, in, puking out the, the back. Seat? Okay, I just want to make very sure what you're saying. <laughs> no, don't drink oh, and drive. Yeah, but if you have a designated driver and you got to let it go, let it go out the back window. Hold on, a, a PSA. Second. Hold Robbie on, wait, Mack wait, wait. Off. I, I, I got to stop myself here from the football talk and a- ask you a question. Yes, you strike me as the type of guy who, if somebody puked in the back seat. You would stop the car, yes. get out, roll them out of said car, and drive off. No, not drive like, off. Like, you were the most germaphobe person I, had, I know. I had a dude puke in my car once, and he was he was like in no shape. 
to uh, to even like stand up, and I was I was like, dude, you're cleaning this, and I stood and I stood there and made him clean it before we went anywhere. So he was like passed out. <laughs> he was borderline yeah. passed out, and huh? I made him and I made him clean his vomit out of my. It was like all over my door. Oh, yeah, that's, oh. that smell don't come out. Right, dude. Exactly, it doesn't oh. matter if you clean that. That, that smell does not come. By the way, out. that'll ruin your Uber rating too. I've been, it hasn't happened to me. Well, you got paid a fine. It hasn't happened to me. No, it's a fine, right? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a major fine. <laughs> It's a problem. It's a I thing. Once, uh, it's a whole thing. It's like 500 bucks or something. It was my birthday, and I had a comedy show, and a lot of people wanted to buy me drinks afterwards, and so things got out of control. We took an Uber home, and my girlfriend had the Uber driver stop at the gas station just up the street from my house, and I knew, and this was before Uber had the tip feature on the app. You had to tip cash if you wanted to tip. I knew it was going to be a race to the finish line. Like, I felt... I felt the battle happening in my stomach, and I knew. Oh. So I just, I don't even know what what denomination bill I handed this dude, but we were waiting at the gas station, and I was just like, here, take this, because I, I, I didn't want to deal with it when the car stopped, and literally, he stopped in front of my house, and I kicked the door open and no. just projectiled no. across my lawn. But you made it. But I made it. Yeah. Well, that's key. I made it. I'll tell you right now, uh, a cabbie in Green Bay years ago told me, the key i got in the cab and i was incredibly drunk and the cab was freezing cold and i'm like why why is the heat not on and they said because if we turn the heat on it induces people to vomit that's true they get too comfortable they get too comfortable and and their body somehow relaxes he said we keep the cabs we keep the heat off Basically, no matter how godforsaken cold I'm like that, Green Bay fans, man, they don't even put the heat on in their damn cabs. Wisconsinites, nobody, nobody knows, nobody knows how to drink and combat drinking like Wisconsin. So, assuming, hopefully, the Vikings don't have any of these incidents during the bye week, they would get Seattle, Judd, to finish your football point. Yes. Did I have a point beyond that? I don't know where we. I don't remember now. I forgot where we were. I think your point was they have three. They have a three testy tests. road yeah, games in the next four games, next five weeks, including the bye week. Mm-hmm. And I would say, including this Kansas City game, even if it's not a Pat Mahomes game, the Denver game's a gimme. Like I, I know that it could be a trap game, but just don't just don't lose that game. If you lose that game, right. then it's a different conversation. Kansas City, Dallas, Seattle, all road games. If you win two or three of those, I'm looking at this team potentially making a run in the playoffs. Eight games left, four primetime games. I, I think if you go, realistically, if you go two and two in those primetime games because three of the four are on the road, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah. Two and two. I think you beat the Chargers. I think you beat the Packers here. I think you might slip up. Seattle and Dallas are tough. If you go three and one in those primetime games, you're feeling great about yourself. See, but you have them winning the other, the other three games then? And going- I've got them winning on Sunday. I've got them winning uh, Denver. I've got them winning. Or I, I think that they. I would not be surprised if they lose at Dallas, at Seattle. But but then they've got two more primetime games left right. after that. I think they beat the Chargers in Carson, California, and I think they need to for uh, because it'll it'll tie the tiebreaker uh, against Green Bay here in primetime, which I believe is a Sunday night game. Is that right, Phil? Uh, yes. Okay. No, it's, I'm sorry. The Green Bay game's a Monday, a Monday night game. game. Okay. I think. Because I, I know that you guys are, I know Rami's not there yet. He's it, sort of week to week mode here. But I'm I'm looking at the second half and thinking what need what needs to happen and what's the combination to get to at least twelve oh, I've wins. Had, I've had that thought. I got I think I got him at eleven yesterday on uh, Score North Live. I revised my preseason prediction. I have met eleven wins now. But he, but like 
11 wins to me would be a, a, a successful regular season. 11 wins. I might not get them in. It, it sets you up, I think, as a wild card team. Yes. Definitely a wild card team. That has to play team. too many road games. And you just. You, this is the te- this is a team that has to play a home game. I think they have to play a home game in the playoffs, if not two home games, to have a chance to do what they want to do. And I'm looking at San Francisco with a mostly weak schedule, and they're they're a good team. Mm-hmm. San Francisco's worst case scenario now that they're undefeated halfway through the year mm-hmm. is like 13 and three. I mean, really, like San Francisco is probably not going to go much worse than 13 and three. Yep, probably more like 14 and two at this point because it's not like they're running the gauntlet of opponents. Can Green Bay slip up? Green Bay, I mean, if Green Bay even goes five and three in the second half, that gets Green Bay to twelve and four. What's on Green the Bay got, got and New left Orleans again? is seven and one. What's Green Bay got left again? In terms of uh schedule opponents. Because I, I do know that they're on the road quite a bit more now because they had all those home games at the start of the season at Lambeau. Yeah, Green Bay, uh so they had they play let's see here. Their next game is uh a week and a half away because they played no, I'm sorry. They play this weekend against Los Angeles, and then they play, their bye week isn't for a couple weeks. They play. Uh, They've got the Chargers right? at the Chargers, home okay. against Carolina, bye week at San Francisco, at New York Giants, home against Washington, home against the Bears, at the Vikings, at Detroit. Hmm. I mean, that's a 13 and three team. Let's say they lose to the Vikings, they lose to San Francisco. Maybe they slip up again. That's twelve and four. I'm just saying, like the the NFC is so good and top heavy, and we haven't even gone through New Orleans yet. Well, it's I top think you heavy. Have to find... it's, it's not that good. It's top. You have seven teams fighting for six spots in the NFC. But don't you? You're saying it's not good, not from top to bottom. You have out of the fifteen teams in the NFC or sixteen teams in the NFC, you have seven good teams. I think if you were to rank the teams in the NFL, so the Patriots are number one in the NFL. The or, NFC or is close. a free for all, though. Um, oh, there just good. aren't. Th- I mean, the whole league is top heavy. Yeah. The entire NFL is top heavy. But I think I think the NFC gives you like seven of the top nine or ten teams in the in the NFL. But I I think that conference right now has four teams that I consider really good: San Francisco, the Saints, the Packers, and Vikings. And, and after that, Seattle. But I draw a line there because Seattle's defense not that good. The quarterback's incredible, which, which could take you, but. That being said, if I'm talking about what I could consider more complete teams, I think it's four complete teams. I just mean from the standpoint of how many times, I can't even remember a time where after eight weeks, there's only seven teams in contention for six playoff spots. I mean, if you look after the Rams, it's a huge drop-off. Maybe not in record. I think it's only a game or two that separates the Rams and the Panthers who are behind them. But we all know when we watch these teams on a week-to-week basis, there's seven good teams in the NFC fighting for six spots in the playoffs. Usually, they're at this point of the season. I mean, hell, usually you go into week 17 and there's two or three teams on the bubble who are looking for a way to sneak in with little help from a couple other teams around the league. We're in week eight and we've boiled it down to seven teams fighting for six spots. That's not the normal NFL. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule Philadelphia out in a weaker division at this. I mean, Philadelphia is four and four, but I'm with you. I mean, Philadelphia is not one of the six or seven best teams in the right. NFC just because. The East is going to be won by a nine or a ten win team. They're still in the mix, and uh, I would say to Judd's point about Seattle, I think until the Vikings prove otherwise, the next month the Vikings have a chance to change what I'm about to say the next month. Yep, and I will allow them to do that. But right now, I would put Saints, San Francisco, and Green Bay on one tier in the NFC. Maybe even San Francisco 
at, the, at a top tier and then like a like a one B tier of Saints and Packers, mm-hmm. and then I kind of put the Vikings and the Seahawks in the next tier together with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are probably a little bit further down, but they're going to win the division. Um, if the Vikings can beat Kansas City this weekend and Dallas the next weekend after that, yep. the Vikings are in that top tier for me. But that's a big if too. Here's what I think we're, we're sleeping on though when it comes to the Vikings in part because the past defense has certainly struggled, say, in the past couple games or three games or so. We're sleeping on the fact that this team right now is third in the entire league in scoring defense. Yeah. Like, this scoring defense is doing its job. And ultimately, we could talk about yards against. We could talk about receptions against. There's only one stat that you truly care about, and they're third there. This is all sort of, because of Kirk, We've gotten so involved in all these conversations about their offense and how is it looking or how is it not looking or what's changing. And those are fun topics, and they're all certainly important. But I really come back to the fact that when it comes to this team, I go to one thing, their defense, because that's how they're built. And if the fact that they're third in scoring defense is what makes me put them in that tier, a top four tier. And my only question is, what teams currently outside of that tier could jump in? Like the Rams now. The Ramsey trade, I think, was yeah. probably a huge trade. People are way too quick to be writing the Rams off this season. So that's one thing to watch. People are just kind of like, I think on it was, the Rams. I don't think it was premature pre-Jalen Ramsey trade. I agree with Judd. I think that had a huge impact on that team in a lot of ways. That defense was awful. Yeah. Yeah, and, they weren't there. And now yet. they've got a shutdown guy. Yeah. That changes a lot. A shutdown cornerback will change a lot about a defense in a football team. Yeah. That's what... Um, Garrett Cole being traded? Like hmm. he's, that goes a long way towards your best receiver and passing game now, which would have thrived against us previously, is compromised. Yeah. So this is going to be, whether Pat Mahomes plays or not on Sunday, it's, I guess Rami put it put it uh, succinctly, it's a, it's a perfect level of test, but also winnable for the Vikings. Right. Yeah, if Pat Mahomes plays, it's just straight up. It's a test. I think this is just what the doctor ordered for the Vikings and for us trying to figure out the Vikings. A winnable test. Yeah, a very winnable test. We'll yeah. find out a little bit more about them this week. We'll see if they have the answers to the test. Now, if they don't on win Sunday, oof. who do the Bears have? Oof, oof. Just out of curiosity. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. If you're just done. You're just checked on out second. the Bears. Checked out. Hold you on a second. Bears He's got, he, you're in full Bears garb, and you can't even tell me who it's they're Friday, playing. Man. I just do this out of habit now. <laughs> <laughs> just out. It's a football Friday. How about that? Cubs hit. Who the Bears play? What a Friday. Exactly. I'm honestly drawing a blank right now. I don't know who they play. I'm not. And also, I'm not going to be able to watch the game because I have to uh, be ready to come in here and do a uh, Vikings vent line with my buddy Judd Zalgad. Yeah, this will be your second ever post game Vikings right. Ventland appearance, which right. you can find right here on Score North and on demand on the Score By the way, North app. When you guys asked me that, because I had the score of the Chiefs Packers game up, uh, so we could discuss this in an educated way, it's literally right in my face above the score. Bears at Eagles. Like, it's, like, it's right there as you guys asked me that question, and I still couldn't answer it. That's the kind of dummy you're dealing with. It's a loss, by the way. Bears are going to lose to the Eagles in, uh, in that matchup. It's over anyways. Yep. So Jonathan's right. So Phil's tank. right. Tank. Yep. So, I don't uh, think they can tank. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm telling you, I don't think they can. They're, they're, they're just, they're so talented. That the defense no they... is too good. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Like people say Aaron Rodgers is good for nine wins. I think the Bears defense is good for six. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. It's not the prudent thing to do if you're the Bears right now, but. Let's uh, let's come back. Scheme them poorly enough to get them 
a couple losses. <laughs> Put Khalil Mack in the secondary. <laughs> just do what the, do what the Dolphins did. Do what the Dolphins did. Just run, run zero blitzes in situations where it makes no sense. Uh, if you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North, Minnesota Sports, anytime, anywhere. And uh, later on, actually coming up in about 15 minutes or so, Jason Fitz, our friend from ESPN Radio and Countdown to College Game Day. So he's dropped a couple nuggets throughout the past couple weeks. The chances of us getting a college game day here in the state of Minnesota. Let's We'll find out later this hour where we're at with that and if he has any information he can share. Plus, it's a Write That Down Friday on the show. Powered in part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, you might want to listen up here for a brief moment because I'm sure there's been times where you felt like an insurance claim left you feeling uh, like you got, I don't know, sacked in the end zone, like Mitch Trubisky or something like that. He that hasn't was uncalled been sacked for. in the end zone. I mean, he probably yeah, has, let's be honest. So when something bad happens to the company that you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, your hands, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines like Mitch Trubisky's going to be after they bench him again in a couple weeks, waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly. So Federated has been around for over 100 years here in the state of Minnesota, helping business owners, and you can find a full list of all the industries that Federated protects by going to federatedinsurance.com. That's also where you can find information about your local Federated representative. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Yeah, just uh, proud of him and, 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 you know, the way that he's handled everything and the way that he focuses and, um, you know, his attitude and uh, the way he um, goes about his business. Those are the things that we see every day, you know, whether it be OTAs, training camp, uh, we see that fire under him every single day. So um, it's not, not surprising to us, um, but at the same time, we're, we're proud of it. Um, you know, it, it's uh, going to happen to a better person, um, somebody who, who can handle the you know, the tough times and the good times. So, again, we're very fortunate to have him as our as our leader of this offense and this team. That's Adam Thielen talking about Kirk Cousins. Different, A different tone than maybe the way Kirk Cousins was being talked about a month ago. So, two-part question off that Adam Thielen soundbite. I'll, I'll give you part one and then I'll ask you part two. Do you, do you buy that Thielen is all in on Kirk Cousins, as he sort of says in that soundbite? I don't, I don't, I don't know. It seemed it seemed a little too strained. Like even going back to last year, remember the in week seventeen against Chicago and the heated exchange on the sidelines and then this year you had another dust up of Adam Thielen saying, you know, we have to be able to throw the ball more than eight yards and Kirk Cousins apologizing to him. It seems like too quick for that bridge to be mended and everything to be good and Adam Thielen to believe that Kirk Cousins is a quarterback is a quarterback he wants moving forward for the rest of his career, the foreseeable future, right? Mm-hmm. Things don't get fixed that fast, do they? So here, here's the weird thing: after the Chicago debacle um, and around the time of the Giants game, I reached out to some people to ask about those two because it just seemed really weird, and I couldn't decide if if like Diggs and Thielen really didn't like the guy or what. I was told that Thielen and Cousins are actually very tight, and, and that that whole podcast thing was basically them doing something that I still think is dumb. I think the apology thing was just dumb. Like, it was it was too much. Um, it, was, it was more weird well, than anything. Right, else. but I'm just saying yeah. it, it didn't... Their intention there didn't work, but that they are good friends. And, and the the blow-up thing in the last game of last year had as, as much to do with the fact that they are friends and so felt comfortable, like, going after each each other in that case. You know, with Cousins being like, if you do this, you gotta do that. And Thielen's like, what? Shut up. Um... 
I don't think Diggs and Cousins are as tight, but I, I really do think that those first four weeks were far more about schematics than quarterback play. I really think that those first four weeks are, you've got to keep throwing the football, Gary and Kevin, and they wouldn't do it. So I think we we probably got too caught up in personalities and being like, oh, Diggs hates Cousins, it's clear, or Thielen hates both of them or something. And what we didn't allow for, and probably rightfully so, was Mike's whole thing about, well, let's just run the football, we'll always run the football. That a lot of people who are paid a lot and have large egos, right or wrong, looked at that and were like, what? Why? And so I think that I think the biggest transformation that happened going into that Giants game was far more the schematics of, okay, guys, we relent and we'll throw more and do things that to you are going to make sense than people actually, or players, I should clashing yeah which at the time is what i thought yeah too. so part two and i i agree i think i think Thielen's coming from a mostly genuine place there but i also think there's a little bit of all right we we all know that there's some big games on the horizon and let's 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 get to some of these different areas in the schedule that previously have been stumbling blocks but so part two of the question is how has your guy's opinion changed of kirk cousins in these last three weeks in which the vikings are four and oh they're averaging like 30 points a game over this stretch. Kirk Cousins is completing over this stretch about 75% of his passes. And he's throwing for 306, 333, 337, and 285. Ten touchdowns, one interception that went off Stefan Diggs' face <laughs> into the arms of a defender. So yeah. zero interceptions that are his fault. And a league-leading passer rating over that stretch. How has how has your opinion evolved, or has it not, over the last four weeks of Kirk Cousins? Not much. This is... This is what I thought they they could get out of Kirk Cousins, which is a slightly better Kirk Cousins than you saw when he was at peak performance last year. Through an improved offensive line, through a system that fits him, through a running back who's healthy and a threat to divert the attention of the defense. This is what I thought you would get out of Kirk Cousins under the right circumstances. And so far, he hasn't done anything above and beyond what I thought he could do, especially considering the defenses and the teams who he's done it against. I mean, I know people hate that we keep harping on that, but you look at these four weeks, and they faced mediocre to bad defenses for the most part while Kirk Cousins in the offense was throwing up all these numbers. Yeah, Not to say it's not real, just that I don't know necessarily how real it is and how much this shows up when you face better opponents. This is also what we expected when Kubiak got the job, right? This is what we expected. The offense in those first four games at times did not make sense. And look, the first game is great because Cousins throws 10 passes, and that's not the National Football League in 2019, but Dalvin Cook is great. And Dalvin Cook, eight games, has been fantastic. Uh, I think the one thing that I where I have probably come to Cousins' side more was those first four games and a large part of 2018, he seemed joyless. He seemed burdened by his job. Never a yeah, good thing. That's a good point. These last four games, it's as if it's as if somebody got to him and said, "Kirk, sometimes you got to say what the bleep." Risky business, right? <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. No, seriously. These last four games, he has played like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. And so, but here, here's the interesting dynamic in with Cousins that, that I think because we're not around the team a ton, or certainly with them uh, internally, that we don't see. I think the key with Kirk Cousins is he's athletically gifted. He can do some, if the offense is called right, he can do some really good things. Um, 
But I think the fact that Diggs was the one who, after four games, had to say, enough is enough. This has to change. I'm going to disappear, in fact. Uh, Also takes us to a very important thing, which is, if you can get it, it's great to have the quarterback lead your team. Like, if you're Brady, that's fantastic. He goes in the locker room, he slaps his hands together, says, okay, boys, here's what we're going to do. Everybody's on board, and that is the ideal. But I don't think Kirk Cousins is a leader, per se. I think he's very much a guy who 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 does his job, who wants to be liked. And him being what the bleep is just basically, it's a small change. He's never going to be, the, the, the you like that defiance thing is not really him. And so I do think where this team, I think this team probably likes him, but perceives him, correct, as quirky, a quirky guy. And that's fine. But it is interesting that the guy who really stood up and clearly got the sea change going was Stefan Diggs. Yeah. So my my thought on this is I think we have been too quick to dismiss his good performances against bad teams as well. Well, we already knew that. We already knew he could do that against teams. So I just just real quick here, I know this isn't exactly like you wouldn't use this in the analytics room in an NFL front office, but let's take traditional passer rating over 100 in games in which his team has won. So did you win and did you play a key role by having a pass rating over 100 in that game? I mean, that's not how it works all the time. But Kirk Cousins this season has six such games with a pass rating over 100 in a Vikings win. And we're halfway through the year. In the previous two years combined, one with Washington and last year with the Vikings, he had seven such games. So I think I think it's fair to say... Kirk Cousins, even though I get it, Washington at home, you should win that game. The Falcons are a disaster, and he didn't really have to do anything in that game. He threw the ball ten times. Uh, you know, home against. I mean, there's there's some games that you should win, but I think we're really quick, and I'm guilty of this too, of saying, well, all right, well, cool, you beat Philadelphia, but their secondary sucks, and so yeah, but like he threw for 333 yards and four touchdowns and was crazy good in that game, and I think what I've what I've learned here in the first. Uh, I guess just in the last month of Kirk Cousins is he deserves more credit for lighting up teams that he should light up because that's part of your schedule too. And um, we've been pretty quick to dismiss that, I think. A lot of us who watch Vikings games. I say that all the time. Beat who's in front of you. And not only when you run into a team you should beat, do to them what people expect you to do. Pound them into the ground. So I'm not taking anything away from Kirk Cousins when I say he's only beat bad defenses. The thing is... He has a track record against better defenses and in prime time in the future that needs to be disproved before I say this is a better and different Kirk Cousins than I ever thought they could get. Like I said, against in in the situation he's in now with the, the offense he's in, with the weapons he has, with an improving offensive line and facing mediocre to bad defenses, I know Kirk Cousins can throw up big numbers. The thing we don't know is... Is this sustainable enough? Is this real enough that he's going to succeed in situations that he hasn't in the past? Yeah. That's when we know you have a different Kirk Cousins and he's he's taken another step or reached another level. And I also think these past four games, the coaching staff is doing a marvelous job of giving him game plans that he can execute almost perfectly. I can almost guarantee you now, if we could go back to week two, first and goal at the eight, fourth quarter, Green Bay, they don't call that play for him. Yeah. Or if they call that play, they say, Kirk, if if the guy if Diggs is covered, that ball has to go out of bounds. 
And I think they've done a really good job of rollouts, of bootlegs. And, and it's smart. This is, this is why you wanted Kubiak. Because this system ultimately probably does work well for Cousins. And you paid him too much to be like, well, that's okay. We'll just muddle along here for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's take one quick call here because ordinarily I, we're, we're up against the clock here, but it's one of our favorite callers calling in, Bob in Pennsylvania. Bob, you got about 60 seconds, buddy. Fire away. Hey, how you doing? Uh, getting back to your point about Cousins, I think the crusade to throw me the ball has been going on since the Seattle game last year, you know, when Thielen said it's been there all bleeping day. When Diggs caught that touchdown pass against Oakland and he threw his helmet in, in the end zone, that wasn't the fact that he's a bad guy. That was a, that was a statement that he made as part of the crusade to throw me the ball and get the ball to our playmakers. 15-yard penalty, but you know what? He came back with furthering the crusade, get the ball out quick, throw us the ball. We have playmakers in his two-day you know, exemption from the team, which cost him 200 grand. But you know what? I give Diggs credit. He took a stand, and now the offense has a system where they get rid of it quick, they throw it to their playmakers, they're throwing the ball more on first down, and on 31, they actually throw deep to put teams away. And you know what? That's how you win a Super Bowl. So that's all I have to say. The other thing is, what do you think? Do you think it would be ever it would be possible to put Rhodes in a nickel coverage with Smith as a safety to maybe make him, you know, give him a chance to make plays out in front instead of, you know, put him on a tight cover corner where he always gets beat or he gets called for an interference. Yeah, Bob, so we, thank you. That's Bob in Pennsylvania, regular Bob, event line caller. Judd said that before. Judd said Stephon Diggs should get executive of the year. Oh, yeah. His antics forced these changes that were seeing. He did a great job. Expedited things by weeks. Yeah. It's a marvelous job by him. Uh, on the roads thing, I'm not tinkering with any sort of safety experiment until the off season. Yeah, like, no, I you don't, don't do know, that mid season. The safeties are fine. Something too. might have to be done. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, Something may termination. Have to be done. Termination yeah. papers is <laughs> yes. what might have to be done, my good man. All right, here's the question: When we come back, and by the way, write that down. Coming up in about 20 minutes, I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Are we going to get college game day? That's the Can question. Can this be leaked? Well, we're going to find out because Jason Fitz. Oh, I like it. Oh, you dropped a nugget. Scoop. I like it. He has information. Ooh. I just don't know if he's going to oh. be able to give it to him. Oh, very We'll find out what information this. he has. Ooh, we should badger him. If he won't give it up, we need to badger. I see what you did there. I was. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, why'd you that do word. that? Badger. Not, why'd you have to do that? That's not what I was doing. You guys come in from outside the yeah, state so and do touchy. nothing but mess with us. So sensitive. Don't say that word. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I got my Hawkeye right on you. Wow. Why don't we just go for it? Let's talk about Luther I Brookdale hate you Toyota. So much. 694 Brooklyn. And that's when the station went off the air. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're into November here. You only have a few days left to take advantage of a couple great deals right now. Uh, a 2019 Camry for $1,500 customer cash or a 2020. That's right, a 2020 Corolla on the lot right now, an LE model for $179 a month on a 36 month lease. That's with just $19.99 due at signing. So. I've been leasing the last few years at Luther Brookdale Toyota because I just love every two or three years you get brand new technology, brand new safety features, uh, just a brand new sleek look on some of these things. And I like to uh, to trade that out every two or three years. If you're looking to finance or maybe you're looking for something pre-owned, there isn't a better car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities than the one my family and I have been going to for 30 plus years. Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. 
All right, Jonathan's trying to track down our guy Jason Fitz. We we hope that he he's traveling on Fridays all the time. So I need my update. If not, we'll uh, we'll do some speculating of our own here on game day. But game your day. score north download is uh, powered by Judd Zolgad's impromptu wild minute. Judd, fire away. Okay, fantastic wow. road trip. You literally just threw that at him. This now. is a fantastic trip, though, and I'm going to tell you why. You are looking live. Wild at home tomorrow night against the Blues. The Blues are a better team. The Wild might win this game, but you know what they won't win? They won't win on the road. The only team that they've beaten so far, I think they're 1-6 on the road this year, the Ottawa Senators, who are a pathetic collection of hockey players. The Wild lost in uh, St. Louis the night before that. On Tuesday night, they lost in uh, Dallas after having a 3 nothing lead late in the second period and blowing it, giving up six unanswered goals. The wild struggles continue and as many of us and i think people are getting on the bandwagon and you know what that is folks out there you wild fans that's the embrace the suck bandwagon because if you embrace the suck you're going to get a higher draft pick Have you trade that and there's no reason you for need, needless wins are driving me crazy folks you need, need to trademark that i will not just for the wild every team that tanks from now on well, that should be their mantra you know what the minnesota wild should be looking long and hard right now at the baltimore orioles and miami dolphins because those <laughs> Those are the poster children for what you want to do. A high draft pick. Zach Parisi struggling. Uh, he is not playing well. Eric Stahl is, but that's fantastic news because he only has a limited no-trade contract. And I will end this update by saying Eric Stahl can be traded and will be. Bill Guerin will make the right decision. That's your wild minute. You see Mackey start to go through his notebook when I mentioned trademarking that? He's making the shirts now, and they're going to be station property because you didn't act fast Embrace enough, the su- yeah. Embrace I'm the all, No, 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 Rami. I'm all about the team. I don't need the money. <laughs> I want to be part of the team. I, I don't need the money. Just no, rolling in cash. You know he, just want, he just he just wants to be the leader of a movement. I just the exact, leader of a movement. Exactly right. All all the Have things. You done that well for yourself. Oh, you just don't need the money. No, I'm just that dumb because I need the money. All of the stuff that happens between the, these ears, I can't keep track of it. Okay. <laughs> That's what therapy's for. By midnight, you know what? And it, God bless them. Therapy's great, but I still can't keep track of it. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, Minnesota Wild, just embrace the suck. It's okay. And hashtag See you tomorrow night, bud, too. So, I'll be there tomorrow night. All right. This is Buzzkill News. Jonathan's trying to track down Jason Fitz, and he might be in a travel situation right now. Mm. So we're mm. going to hope that he can Where's game day? call Memphis? in. It's in Memphis. Okay. Memphis and uh, so SMU is relevant for the first time basically since they blew up the program, right? Death penalty, twenty five yeah. or thirty years way, ago. How do you get the death penalty and then come back? That's uh, not the death penalty. That's just a long suspension. This sounds like a comedy bit. Dude. No, I'm just saying. no, no. I'm saying it sounds like it could be. The, <laughs> Add it to the list. I the mean, launching. think about this. Okay, I know that game day is technically uh, it's not at Southern Methodist; it's at Memphis. But a team that got the death penalty is involved in a college game day before the Gophers. That's ridiculous. Come on. That's ridiculous. A team that got the death penalty is involved in college game day. Well, some people would say being a Gopher fan has been the death penalty. The Gophers are playing a team that should have gotten the death penalty. What, Penn State? Yeah, Yeah. they should have. Well, we can open up that one for 651-646-8255. You want to chime Why don't you bring in? that oh, up? on Joe Paterno. Why, Why don't you bring that up? Pissed off Penn State fans. On the wrap that whole thing with was going down. You bring that up with Patrick, and I can leave and depart at that point. Patrick has some thoughts about that. Yeah, he does. He has takes. We'll see what happens. So he has some Joe Paterno wins being taken away takes. Yeah. Um, So I think at this point, it makes more sense for us to root. I I just don't think it's going to happen, the college game day thing. I I think think they're going to go. They're going to announce it sometime this weekend. I have no information. I have none. Uh, We'll we'll see if we can track down some information information when Jason calls in. But I think it makes more sense for Wisconsin-Minnesota to be mm-hmm. the game day game 
that's Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes a little bit of the shine off it because people go out of town and stuff. But yeah, I won't be here for that. Whatever stunt we were going to pull, I'll have to be exempt. <laughs> you're you're done. I will not be here Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> Diehard Gopher fan now, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But surprised you won't be here rooting for the Badgers. Well, no, we were going to have me serve out one of my QB cesspool challenges in the background of game day. We had discussed that. Oh, like, we'll send you to a different one then. Okay. We'll send you to the one that's in like Gainesville or something. I'm down. <laughs> Sure. Send me there. The musical game day. But oh, here's God. but here's but here's my point. It's really rare that like the Gophers are the Gophers are the main reason why the Gophers haven't had a game day. Let's be honest. They've been mostly mediocre to terrible ever since game day launched in the mid nineteen nineties. We're looking at a scenario here where the Badgers could be the team that buzz kills a Gopher Badger game day opportunity. If Wisconsin loses to Iowa, I think that's this weekend, right? Wisconsin Iowa. Wisconsin Iowa play in their next game. If Wisconsin loses to Iowa, they're basically out on the division because that'll be their third loss in the conference. Mm-hmm. So if that game on November 30th so is out. not for the division yeah. or at least isn't relevant in some way, yep. it would be Wisconsin that makes it irrelevant. Can I ask a question, though? At some point in time, don't they occasionally go to schools because it's just a great story about the school? Yeah, sometimes. So like if the Gophers have moved well, there's into There's a lot of the, things happening. Well, this sure. Thing. But I'm, I'm just saying... Weren't they at South Dakota State a few weeks yeah. ago? Yeah, that was last week, But right? they're going... This Memphis story is a... Or SMU story is a nice story, but it, it's about the school, right? I'm just thinking, if the Gophers continue to win, they beat Penn State, and going into that Wisconsin game, they're a top-10 team for the first time in how long? It'd be... It's going to be a hell of a story. Yeah. Iowa-Wisconsin is next Saturday, by the way. It's a, so it's... In in a week, yeah. Is okay. anyone planning in this godforsaken conference this weekend? <laughs> yeah, know. SMU and uh, Memphis. <laughs> no, in the Big Ten, oh, in, the, in the conference. I got you. Yeah. Uh, no, this is. There's always like one really dead week in the middle of the season where everyone just like either gets a week off or plays a bunch of patsies. There's a couple ranked games, but um, I just I, we we had Pete Nigerian cheap plug too on the Scornorth Gopher show this week, which Ross Brendel hosts the midweek episode, and. Um, I asked him the same thing I brought up with you guys a couple weeks ago. Are we ready if, if well, two-part question again. Do we think they can beat Penn State? And I, I say yes. They're not favored, but they can beat Penn State. I think it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. 20% chance, 40% chance, whatever it is. Judd, are you a yay or nay? Or do you think they're just going to lose? Are you going to be negative? Um, percent per, percent okay. chance they beat Penn State. Okay. It's a home game. So I 15%. Okay. I'm kind of like 25, 30%. And I actually might change that more as, as I crunch this game, break down the film, and it gets closer. To be lower? To be, no, to be higher, maybe. <laughs> but yes, they yeah, can. I looked at the film, it's 2% now, yeah, actually. They got no chance. No, I think they can do it. Yeah. But if if that 15% comes to fruition, or if for me it's like 25 or 30% comes to fruition, yep. I don't know if we're, if we're ready to have the conversations on that Monday that, like, we're not, we're not, in a mental frame of mind following the Gophers in our lifetimes to have those types of conversations the Monday after they go 9-0 and and beat a top-five team. I got a question team. for you. Dead serious question. What scares you more as far as things that actually could end up really well, but they're scary to think about? Viking Super Bowl, Gophers, Rose Bowl, your impending nuptials. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been I have been with my fiance for seven years. Oh no, so I know, I know, but it's still a, married. No, sure, but it's still so that a step. scares me zero. But it's still a step. It's not like like oh, we've never lived together. Oh God, yeah. um, been married twenty five years. <laughs> How long were you with your wife before you got married, Jen? We met in eighty nine. Got married in uh, April of ninety three. Did it change anything? I mean, four years is a long time to be together. 
Oh, no, it's just that the paperwork says you're together forever. So and it's hard. Phil's got nothing to worry and it's about. Hard. I'm just a- I'm asking. The- these are all happy things. I just, the thought of the Vikings winning a Super Bowl or the Gophers being in a Rose Bowl are in some ways, in my mind, almost incomprehensible. It doesn't compute. It's that it's that conversation that you, you wonder, what did Boston fans feel 15 years ago as they were this woe is me city? Right. And that was their identity. And now they're this riches sports city, right? Yeah. What would it be like if Minnesota or the Twin Cities stumbled into, oh my God, the Gophers are all of a sudden like going to Rose Bowls and PJ Fleck stays and the Vikings win a Super Bowl? It's like we, when we say those words and when I tweet things like that, people laugh and unfollow and mock. Because why What's would you gonna, be talking about this? What level of success is it going to take for Minnesota football for this city to lose its mind? Like cars being turned over. Super Bowl. I'm not, I don't encourage this behavior. That but, happened after a go for a hockey win one time. Really? Yeah, but as far as they tore up Dinky Town and like lit cars on. Yeah, fire. which was just a bunch of stupid kids, though. As far as, as what? Yeah, that's college. We're talking like like what? You, you're, talking ma- to you're talking mass chaos. What's, yeah, a Viking Super Bowl in my mind. A Twins World Series would do it again too. But I've always said I, I've seen that. I've always said this. I would be. I would be so interested if the Vikings won a Super Bowl. What the hell would happen here? Yeah, like I can't tell. Trippy. I really can't tell you. Well, what was Chicago like? And you're, I mean, you were, were you there in Chicago when the when they won the Super Bowl? Yeah, but no, was, no, no, no. When the when the Cubs uh, won the World Series, I wasn't in Chicago for that, but I did go down for the uh, for the parade. I wasn't in Chicago for the moment of the World Series. I was crying like an ugly baby in my uh, uh, living room, but I went down for the parade, and that was insanity. That was, but. A beautiful insanity. It was great. That's one of the happiest memories of my entire life. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah I have a video I just, of me on a on the back of a pedicab, just going through the streets of Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> like the happiest the city of Chicago has ever been. The streets were just filled with happy people, like walking in every direction. It was a beautiful day. Yeah, I mean that's what it would be like here, but it's hard to even know. But I just can't comprehend it or I something. Know. It sounds very weird. No, it's true though. I think a lot of people feel like, that way. And there's also this. There's this. It was a very dreamlike state. That's like what it was. Yes. It was surreal yes. being there at that parade. And I think everybody had the same feeling. It well, it was the largest gathering of people ever in recorded history. So that made it sort of surreal. But everybody was just there, like in blissful disbelief. But I think what, what's interesting about the Cubs winning a World Series is there, and the and the same thing now with Minnesota sports fans, for the most part, it's been since 1991 with the four major longtime uh, franchises or sports in this town. There's a psychological attachment that you get to that identity. Like, if you're a Cubs fan for years and years, you your identity is lovable loser and all oh, the streak going mm-hmm. back to 1908. And there's, is there any sort of separation anxiety from that? From that feeling, does that make sense? No, like I we was, have we have clung to woe is us in this town for so long, and no, the Gophers were a joke. I was real happy to let that go. Okay, <laughs> so I wasn't clinging to that at all. But no. so does wide does wide uh, left does does it just go away? Yes, like people try to bring up a hundred and eight years to me. People try to bring up Bartman, and that rolls right off my back. Okay, has zero effect on me whatsoever. None. So like in when, in Boston. Buckner just went like I have, went away I have, probably. I have yeah. lots of White Sox fans in my life who like to talk trash. I have lots of Brewers fans sure. in my life who like to talk trash. And now I can just go, when's the last time you won a World Series? Yeah, by the way, like, what, Shut what, them up, just what, like that. What kind of trash does a Brewers fan have the ability to I mean, they won the they won the division. They made the playoffs this year, and the Cubs didn't. Cool. What's the trophy look like for that? Yeah. 
That's like when Joel Embiid is trying to punk Carl Anthony Towns by saying, yeah, man, why don't you uh, get to the second round of the playoffs sometime and get back to me? No. Really, dude? Really? The second round, buddy? That's what you're going to trash talk about? Yeah. Okay, cool. Man, they got nothing on me. I feel so. really good about that. Like, even the way the season ended, I was still like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm cool. We're fine. How long are you good for? Oh, I don't know. I'll let you know when it wears off. I don't know. I've never been through this before. <laughs> yeah, neither of us were all in this together. Right. Yeah, no, I, I'm, asking, I'm the one asking questions here. All right. We are down to our final two months. Whoa. Final two-month stretch of Write That Down and the batting title race. I can't wait to hear your guys' predictions so I can just pick against them and try to catch up in the rankings. Say this, is, uh, this, is the, this is the time period every year where the men and the boys are separated. All right. Write that down. And an accountability session next on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Down. Write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Two months to go in the batting title race. Write that down, where we make predictions every Friday here, 5 o'clock on Mackie and Judd with Rami, and we hold each other accountable by keeping track of those predictions, unlike pretty much every other show in the country, where uh, they just let predictions float out anywhere by anyone, and they don't come back and say, hey, idiot, can't believe you said that. I do it all the time on Score North Live. Just, just throwing, throwing stuff, stuff out. Just throwing stuff out there. Never yeah. bring it up again with, unless I'm with right. With no accountability. None. Who whatsoever. knows what you've said on that Exa- show? It's ridiculous. You know how to find out what I've said on that show? Scorenorth.com or the Score North mobile app wow. or wherever you download your podcast. Look at you. I know. That's Rami Mack. Are you shameless everybody. or selfless? I can't decide which one from that. Can it be both? A little of both. So let's go around here. Accountability session. And we'll go through the batting averages. And then we'll make our predictions. And let's start with Judd Zolgad here. All right? All right. Judd, you said the Vikings would make at least one trade before the Tuesday deadline. Did not happen. Oh, didn't you see that trade they made? You said Pete Carroll will be an NFL TV analyst in 2019. Well, how long ago did I say that? I missed that one. That was way back. I feel like that should have been on the docket ages yeah. ago to know it's gone that now. I missed it. Uh, you said uh, the Nats would win the World I mean, Series. We'll give you a double slot in 2019 <laughs> for Pete Carroll to move into a booth. All right, would have been good. Okay, he's six and two. That's true. All right, if he gets fired, we'll revisit this. Okay. All right. Thank you, Rami. No problem. My good friend, Rami Maxwell. Say it, dude. <laughs> if Pete Carroll gets canned, then, uh, still eight weeks left in the air. Exactly. Uh, so you said uh, Nats win the World Series, get a double for that one. You uh, you said Dwayne Haskins would replace Case Keenum as Washington's starting quarterback this season. You said that way back after the draft. Yeah. Well, we'll give you a single for that one. All right. Pretty, uh, pretty predictable. Yeah. Um, then you said this. You said in the next six months, and you said this back in March, and it's been seven months now. A story will come out that Colton the Bachelor was not a virgin, and I did a <laughs> thorough Google search, thorough with all the <laughs> oh, keywords you can imagine. I'm putting a story on ScoreNorth.com right now, <laughs> verifying that, that that's a bunch of garbage. What no such story was written. We don't have any verification. We can't prove well, your I'm prediction about to be to, correct. I'm about to post a story. All right. <laughs> I'll cite sources. Doesn't matter. Wait, you got the wrong Hubbard r- website for that. Wait a second. You're gonna you're gonna break news that that Colton was not a virgin. Are you citing sources close to the situation, or an, are you the source? Do you have an inside source? It doesn't matter if he posted now because you said it's been seven I'm, months. No, I'm not. No, the, Rami, I'm not. Ca- no, no, no. 
I'd like to apologize to all those kids out there that don't get that one. <laughs> Let's move on to Jonathan. Sports talk show. It's supposed to be a sports talk show. You don't have to move on to me. Jonathan, you said Chris Paul will be traded to Miami before the start of the NBA season. Like I said, we don't need to move on to me. And you said the Nats will win the World Series at home. That didn't happen. Jonathan, what you... Well, okay. I made that prediction before it came out that they were starting to practice the trophy celebration. Wow. Wow. Overthought it. That's known as soon as they started practicing that celebration. I think uh, the, the I would say the guy who has moved the furthest along in batting average over the past four months has to be Manny Hill, right? Manny yep. had a terrible start to the season. Yep. He's built the batting average back up around 250. And then this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yep. No. Manny said the Vols will beat South Carolina. You got that one right. Yeah. That's nice. But he said the Gophers will uh, not cover the 16. They did. Good for them. The Chiefs will beat the Packers if Matt Moore starts. And they might have if Andy Reid hadn't punted in the fourth quarter like he did. And Jeff Teague will be traded before the regular season starts. I All predicted right, that. Did I really? <laughs> Savage. Yes, you did. <laughs> and it was wrong. Uh, Rami. Yes. You said Kirk Cousins is going to be benched on or before week nine. Sure did. You hated that prediction so much, the next week you were like, actually, I'm going to hedge. And well, didn't you predict Zimmer would be fired, too? I hedged both of those. But the Zimmer firing was week 11. You said week yeah, 11. We haven't gotten there a couple yet. Okay. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. What would have to happen for Mike Zimmer to get fired before week 11? Oh, man. Total revolt. Like, total revolt. Scandal of some kind. No, that's the, what I was thinking, scandal. The whole team walking into Will's office and laying their jerseys on his desk <laughs> like Rudy. That's what it would take. That's what it would be? Yes. Kubiak. We want Kubiak. Bring me Kubiak. So you're wrong about that one. Uh, you did, however, say the Vikings would not make a trade before Tuesday. We'll give you a... There we go. Give you a single for that one. All right? Uh, I, I skipped myself here. I said the Gophers and the Vikings would not lose another game in October. Double because it was pretty easy schedules. And the listeners had one come off the board. Pig's Eye Joe said the Gophers will go into that game against Penn State. He said this probably like a month ago. He said the Gophers are going to go into that game against Penn State. 8-0. and oh. well done. We're going to give Pig's Eye Joe a triple for that one. Because he basically said they would win three or four Big Ten games. Even though the Gophers were uh, favored in all those games. There you I go, think. Pigs. Huh? So, all right, if you have predictions and you want to send them in, tweet them at ScoreNorth or email pmackey at scorenorth.com like these three guys did. Actually, two. Nate made two predictions. Nate said, during Carl Anthony Towns' suspension, Andrew Wiggins will take more shots than points scored. Write it down. You like writing things down. Okay. And he also said college game day will not be at Minnesota for the Penn State game. It will be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for the number one, number two. Write it down. You like writing things down. And uh, Drew V has a four-part parlay prediction. He says the Gophers lose to Penn State, they lose to Iowa, and they lose to Wisconsin, and each loss is by seven or more points. Write it down. You like writing things down. A ray of sunshine. Rosy outlook. Yeah. Thanks. Nine and three ain't bad, though. (laughs) (laughs) They're starting the season eight and oh. (laughs) (laughs) Before, they, they, they don't. They don't regularly win nine games. I'll take it. 
Manny's already bracing himself for that to happen, right? Well, How these... many Gopher fans are like, oh, nine and three? That sounds great. Not right too now. bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys want to go through before we make our predictions for the week here? I've got some predictions that are still on the board, and some of them going back as far as 2015 Whoa. when we started what? this segment. That's right. There are. Judd has a couple of predictions. These Judd used to make predictions with open-ended timelines. Oh. Carl Anthony Towns will be the man. It's a great, no, that was, that was Mackie. That's not really an open-ended timeline. That's just an ambiguous way to measure. <laughs> I was right. Yeah. Uh, Judd, you said four years ago, Larry Brown will coach again. That prediction stays on the board until either Larry Brown coaches again or until Larry Brown dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very fair. Very, very fair. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I hope Larry's in very good health for a long time because I don't think he's going to be coaching again. I hope he has a long, many more years left on this planet. Jonathan, yeah. prediction on the board. You have the Browns winning the AFC North in 2019. How do you Ooh, feel about that boy. one? Boy, can I buy out of that one? Well, Collar, well, what, what was Collar's at one point that they were going to win a Super Bowl? He's got he he's got the Browns. Collar is on the board as a guest contributor, having the Browns winning the AFC this year. Yeah, and he was really proud of that in July. Still mathematically <laughs> possible. Still possible. Um, what would a buyout entail here in this segment? If somebody no like idea. Jonathan's requesting a buyout of his prediction. I didn't know that this was an option. Are we? Neither did I. Are we legislating this on the fly? I don't I mean, think we can, I don't he, think you could have one. Could he's, you? He's proposed it to the committee. I mean, order a pizza for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care much about write that down enough to not to not eat pizza. So that does it for me. Well, you bought one vote for sure over here. It depends how close he gets to me. Uh, Rami. Speaking of Rami, Rami. One of the predictions you still have on the board here is Gary Kubiak will be the head coach of the Vikings before the end of the <laughs> 2019 first, season. That's my first ever write that down prediction. I was just swinging big. He got nervous. Just swinging big. Well, how do you feel? The about first it? like three weeks, probably you, not going to happen. Just start, you started making predictions that didn't really make sense, but you didn't care at the time. No, because I don't care enough about write that down to buy pizza <laughs> here for the rest of you. <laughs> I just want to write that down to be uh, one of my favorite things. <laughs> write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I, I told you guys, this is actually three years ago now. In 2016, I predicted Johnny Manziel will star in a reality show before he starts again in the NFL. Uh huh. But I don't think either one of those things has happened. I know he hasn't started in the NFL. Why has Johnny Manziel not had a reality show yet? I don't know. Because like, it's turned sad. Yeah. Yeah, but still, yeah. you wouldn't care. If he joins the XFL, Actually, is that you know it is? enough of a reality show for you? <laughs> His popularity's dropped too much. I think people would That's watch, though, wouldn't they? I don't disagree, but I'm saying, why, why wouldn't he have? Because it, the sadder it turns, the better it potentially gets. Yeah, The more pathetic his life becomes, the better. But if you think about it, he's just not that popular. No, I'm serious. Are you? Have you watched those shows? Yes, I have. Oh, patheticness but... of life is a huge selling point. Oh, it really is. Yeah. For uh, sure. I mean, because he, he could go on on one of those sort of rehab-like shows or something. They would do that in a second. Exploit yeah. him. Uh, Judd, we'll go one more <laughs> one more prediction still on the board here. This one's, this one's a Judd mean. prediction from a few months ago. Yeah. This was that college tuition scandal thing. Yeah. You said Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman won't serve jail time. Oh. Where are we at with that? Oh, uh, no. Felicity Huffman served 11 of her 14-day sentence. 
Uh, Aunt Becky is still in trial and She's not backing six down. Six months of jail. And, and they, they, keep, they keep she get new charges? They keep tacking yeah. on more charges because she, really? she, she won't accept free happy. deals. She's not happy. No, she is and not. And Saget looks upset, too. Saw him. I haven't seen is Saget. He, is he sitting in court there? Is I, Uncle Jesse like sitting right behind her when these trials are going on? <laughs> Uncle Jesse's playing in the band or something right now. He don't care anymore. Saying, have mercy. He's out. He's out. <laughs> So here are the batting averages. Could mix that with Blossom. Whoa. The listeners. <laughs> little Joey Lawrence for you. Whoa. Well played. The listeners are batting 309 with a 691 slugging percentage. They still have the lead. Judd and I are tied in second place at 295 apiece. I'm slugging 682. Judd is slugging 568. Rami is close behind Ooh. in fourth place. 289 average and a 554 slugging percentage. Hold on, what was Judd's again? He's the leader, right? No, no, no. The listeners are the leaders. listeners are leader. What's their batting average? 309. Oh, so I'm still I'm 20 points back. Yeah. Hey, oh. Anything can happen though. We're still uh we still got you did two months announce to play that you're going to win this. I did. That's one of your predictions. I think that's one of my predictions. Yeah. <laughs> what if that's your undoing? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Manny's at 238, and Jonathan and the guest predictors are tied at 222. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. We start with Judd. We go Jonathan, Manny, Rami, and back to Phil. Um, I will start out with a non-long-term prediction. In fact, it will be answered on Sunday afternoon by telling you, you can write this down. Dalvin Cook will have at least two touchdowns on Sunday. Dalvin Cook will score at least twice against the Chiefs. I'm not saying how. That'd be good for my fantasy team. I like the way you think. But I'm not saying rushing. I'm not saying receiving. I'm saying just two touchdowns. All right. Write that down. Write this down. Jonathan? I'll go with the Vikings-Chiefs prediction. Kirk Cousins will throw for over 300 yards and a win this weekend against the Chiefs. So it's a parlay. Over 300 and a win over the Chiefs. Yes. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh-uh-uh. uh <laughs> No parlays for me no more. <laughs> parlays got Judd in trouble. Right, over to Manny. Should have came in with a lead horse, so not so fast, my friends. Um, Vikings prediction for me as well. Uh, sort of play off of Judd's prediction. Not only will Dalvin Cook score at least two touchdowns against the Chiefs on Sunday, he will rush for at least 125 yards. So just to be clear here, are you including the two touchdowns in this prediction? Correct, yes. Okay, okay. So you're yep. one-upping Judd's prediction. Yep. So two touchdowns and 125 minimum. At least two touchdowns and at least 125 yards. Yep. Right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Rami Makhlouf. Write this down. College game day is not coming to Minneapolis. <laughs> At all? For Gophers, Penn State. For Gophers, oh, okay. Penn State. Right. okay. Maybe Badgers, but not for Gophers and Penn State. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Well, I'll tell you, since you brought it up. College game day will come here to Did Minneapolis. Did you just say last segment you don't think it's happening? For the Wisconsin game. <laughs> Welcome to the club. For the Wisconsin game. It's going to happen. And uh, I just I just hope Wisconsin's relevant enough by the time that day comes around. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Judd. P.J. Fleck will sign a new contract after this season and not leave the Minnesota Gophers. Ooh. P.J. Fleck will be rewarded with a new deal and will not bolt from Minnesota. Okay. Will not bolt this this off season? Correct. Okay. All right. Yep. After, so after this season gets done, he'll get a new contract and he will stay. All right. So basically just this time around we can yeah. say. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um is that is, is he going to become he, I mean if they finish the season off even 10 and 2 in the regular season, he's going to have to become one of the highest paid coaches in the Big 10, I would think. And right, right. Well, he better be start making more money than Jeff Brom. You see how much money Jeff Brom is making at Purdue? Because they blocked like him five and a half. Why did they What was the Louisville the big deal? Let him go. Yeah. He, he, that program is not that good. They're 2 and 6 this year. 
Yeah, he's making like six million dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. write this like down. Five and a half or six. Right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Fleck is currently eleventh of the fourteen coaches, man. Yeah, that's going to change. 10. That's changing for sure. All right, Jonathan. I know Cats suspended for the next two games, but the Wolves will win at least one of their next two games. Okay, so they're going to win a game without Cat. Yes. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I should just go ahead and pick tomorrow because I ain't beating Milwaukee on Monday. <laughs> um, Why do you think I said at least one? <laughs> uh, I'll make an NFL prediction for this weekend. This is probably eh, it might only be a single. Uh, the Ravens will beat the Patriots this weekend. Oh, whoa, whoa! That's not a single. Why would that be a single? That's well, at that's least a double. A, yeah, well, you know, I think that's, that's at a, least double. a double. I mean, the Patriots aren't going to go sixteen and zero. That's a foul out to catcher, boys. What? That's a good I'm not a, predicting a that the catcher. Patriots are not going to go 16 and 0, Jonathan. That's don't not look at right. me like that. They ain't losing the oh, I see what you're saying. I've already predicted it. So that's Write it happen. down. You like writing things down? <laughs> All right, back to Rami. <laughs> Write this down. The receiver who Xavier Rhodes is covering on Sunday will have at least six receptions. Not one receiver, but receivers that Xavier Rhodes is covering. Oh. He will be targeted and successfully targeted at least six times in Sunday's game against the Chiefs. How do we track this? PFF like pro, will have pro football it. focus. Yeah. Okay. First, ever write that down that it's going to involve going to collar to get the PFF access <laughs> we need to confirm or deny it. It's amazing. What a high maintenance prediction by Ron. <laughs> all right, write this down. Since we're all making Dalvin Cook and Vikings predictions, I'm going to make a different Dalvin. I'll say. I also think he's going to have a big day on Sunday. Dalvin Cook will tally at least 150 yards of total offense. I think he's done it two times this season, maybe three times. So Dalvin Cook will tally at least 150 yards of total offense. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Dan. All right, back to Judd. My final write that down. Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid will both be ejected from the next game between the Wolves and 76ers. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. They will not be around at the end. They will be ejected. Something is going to happen. We are not done yet. They should just, honestly, they should just let those guys at halftime forget about Red Panda and the like, the box guy who folds himself up into a box. Just put an octagon in the middle of the court and let those guys go at it for. Joel Embiid would not show up. <laughs> Guarantee you, Joel Embiid does not. I'm show with up you guys. Him. Opening tip of that game, if I'm cat, <laughs> drop, the, drop the stick, drop <laughs> to the, the gloves. Embiid is looking up at the ball on the tip off. Carl, bam, <laughs> just blindsides him. <laughs> Hell, who's to say? Who's to say Joel Embiid will even be healthy? <laughs> Write this season. down. That's a good point. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Jonathan. My second Wolves prediction, the Wolves will make the playoffs this season. Wow. Ooh, wow. I think there's room for there. That's the actually, bottom of the Western we're, Conference. I'm gonna we're going to get into some of that in the next segment, too. There's there's some, I mean, the Warriors are done. The Warriors aren't making the playoffs. No. Write this down. Manny? Not as, not as far as fetch as you might uh, have thought at the start of the season. Um, Got to make a Tennessee Vols prediction. And I Cannot believe I'm going to predict this. I never would have thought this a month ago. My Tennessee Vols are going to be bowl eligible, baby. Wait a second. They've got like two wins, right? They, they got three wins. So they need three more wins in the SEC? They got, okay. They're playing UAB tomorrow. And then they wrap up the season against Vanderbilt. If they lose to Vanderbilt again, fold the program. And then they're on the road against Kentucky. The whole and, program. Um, Damn. You're going to fold uh, your they've, program? They've, they've lost to Vanderbilt three years in a row. You can't make it four. If right. you lose to Vanderbilt a fourth year in a row, fold the program. All right, so you got the Vols. Bowl. Write it down. You they'll like get, writing get things the six down. Wins. Eligible. Over to Rami. 
there will be no fight, no ejections between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid when the two teams meet in March. <laughs> I'm just going against Judd here. Of course okay. you're trying are. to gain some ground. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, this. Write that down. Write this down. These Although bunts we, are getting We declare old, the winner in January, don't we? This one won't even play into this year's predictions, will Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. The, basically, uh, the line is anything that comes off the board before the first of the year or was meant to be a 2019 season prediction, like NFL season predictions. So if you said an MV, like one time we actually had a hanging Chad situation for three weeks because it was coming. <laughs> It was, the batting title race was coming down to will Aaron Rodgers win the MVP or not, mm-hmm. and it was it, it, if it was I win. If he didn't, then that was a 2019 season prediction that didn't actually get voted on or revealed until like February. So we mm. we sat there for like three or four weeks. So final prediction. Right, well, that doesn't down. help me at all. Damn. All right. Well, no, I mean, I'm It'll saying help me next year. Yeah, this will help you next year. Sure. Yes. Yeah, but he's not looking for next. When year. I'm trying to repeat, he's short sighted. Right. Uh, my prediction is, and Manny kind of uh, alluded to it. Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid in their rematch, uh, there will be no fireworks because Joel Embiid will not be healthy enough to play in that game. He will be injured and will sit out that game against the Timberwolves in March. That's my final prediction. All right. Write, this down. write it down. You like writing back things then. down? I want my money back if that happens. By the way, my, my prediction covers injury. If Joel Embiid doesn't play in that game, there was no fight and no ejection. That is correct. And I am correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, look at you. See, you're learning how to play See? the game here. It took me a year. Yeah. Pretty soon you're going we'll to start schedule, the scheduling. We decide if that's right. You're going to start scheduling shows at bars. I, mean, I, think, I think this for, is. I think this is an impressive rookie showing. If you ask me, it's not too bad. Thank you. Not too I'm bad. going to get the lawyers on the phone to make sure that that holds up. <laughs> I'm like Luis Arise. <laughs> Moving around in the batter's box, you mean? Oh man! After you said you'd hit yourself if you were. <laughs> That was the most unbelievable take you've ever had. I can't believe we never you did brought that. that to Phil. Oh, we should do go that. North Live yesterday. <laughs> we should do that. Rami said something that absolutely floored me, and then he kept doubling down on it. What was the take? Juan Soto, I said, is the future. I said, if you don't like Mike Mike Trout, right? Juan Soto is your guy. He's just unbelievably so much fun. He's an articulate kid, and Rami's like, yeah, yeah, all very, very true. But if a guy did that to me and I was a pitcher, I'm just thinking here. I'm not saying being a total, he kept saying I'm not saying from if me, but if I was a pitcher, I'd probably hit him. Rami as a fan sitting here, I love watching the dude. I don't think he should be being for his antics. I'm telling you but, right now, if I'm a pitcher, I don't know that I'm putting up with that, man. <laughs> How about that? A, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. And if you get on my nerves, you might just catch one in the ribs. I just thought Judd had twisted takes on sports and life, and then I met Rami. <laughs> like, exactly. Rami's funhouse upstairs. Mackie and Joe with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. And uh, we'll come back and we'll talk more about... There's been some more reaction. Charles Barkley reacting to Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, now that the Warriors are dead, does this mean the Wolves can maybe make the playoffs? We'll come back and talk about that. I knew somehow, some way, I was going to get drug into the class of the Titans, whatever you want to call it. I like it, though. I'm one for I do what you got to do. It's just funny because as soon as I saw it, I was like, here we go. My name's getting thrown into it, and Joe is my guy. I knew he would be the one to throw me into it out of all people, though. If it wasn't a fight, how would you characterize what went down in Philadelphia? A snuggle party? They were two guys, <laughs> two guys holding each other. I got two bullets in that party. That was no punches thrown. How can you call some of fighters that have no punches thrown? Oh, man. 
That was Jimmy Butler and then the guys on uh, Inside the NBA on TNT, Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. For a second, I thought Jimmy's given Carl Anthony Towns some credit when he said, my stance is, hey, you do what you need to do. I thought that was him saying, finally, Carl Anthony Towns did what he needed to do. But then at the end there, yeah. he says, Joe is my guy. So clearly he's he's taking sides in this thing. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that Jimmy Butler went to Philadelphia, put his arm around Joel Embiid. They connected maybe a little bit better than him and Carl Anthony Towns did. And just they just literally made fun of Carl Anthony Towns for six months Let me in ask Philadelphia. You this. Let's say Carl Anthony Towns does this while Jimmy Butler is here. Are he and Jimmy Butler guys right now? Are they buddies? Are they so friends? you're saying if Butler is Towns' if, teammate and, and, Embiid, and Carl Anthony Towns stands up to Joel Embiid and does what we saw two nights ago on that basketball court, does that prove to Jimmy Butler that Carl Anthony Towns is tough enough to be my teammate? Probably. And are they riding? Are they riding together from then on? And are we talking about a totally different situation right now? Probably. Because that's what Jimmy needs to see. He needs to see that. You're as about this as he is. And I think that's why he and Joel Embiid clicked and Carl Anthony Towns, not to say he wasn't, but it's not as obvious looking at Carl Anthony Towns, either in his demeanor or in his actions on a basketball court, that he's as about this thing as Carl Anthony Towns or as Jimmy Butler is. Let me throw this theory at you guys, though, because I think Embiid and Butler share, share something in common as true narcissists, and they are both sort of fakes, I think. See, here's Towns' problem. Towns has faults, and and I love what he did a couple nights ago, but Carl is, I think Carl's sort of just Carl, and I think he was raised by really good parents. I mean, yes, Mom flipped off and B, but I think he was raised in a good environment, and I don't think he was raised really like, quote, tough, tough guy, right, gritty guy. Yeah. And so I think Butler, I think Butler identifies with Embiid because look at their attitudes and look at how, how they act and look at the, the fact that, like, Phil said, and you're probably right, that they spent a good four to six month period mocking a player, mm-hmm. who, by the way, is a great player. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what you say about the guy, he's so I he's don't, also a good guy. Like, well, right, Towns but, is not a bad guy. But human. I don't think Butler likes that. So I don't think that Butler rides with Towns because I think the behind the scenes stuff is Embiid's my guy because it's sort of fraud sees fraud, fraud likes fraud, and they're both sort of, and there's not saying they're not good at basketball, but they're both sort of frauds as people. Yeah. And I don't think Carl is. I think Carl's just Carl, and I think Carl's a good kid. I think Carl was probably raised really right and really well. I mean, he's clearly super articulate, which I think Butler, I think what makes Carl a quality person are things that scare Jimmy Butler and scare Embiid because they don't identify with it. To them, they're like, oh, no, that's not how, that's not tough guy. You you don't get it. And I don't think Carl cares. I think to Carl's credit, he doesn't really care about that. So I don't think that just jumping Embiid makes Butler say, oh, that's my guy. Because I think, I think Butler puts on an act because a lot of things in, in life and Listen, he was raised tough. I'm not I'm not trying to denigrate him, but I think a lot of things scare him about life. And I think he likes this whole you're a tough guy, well, right? Well, he has he has built like, Jimmy Butler is uh I think he's almost built this character. Right. He, he's it he's built up this exterior tough guy. Not that he's not actually tough. I'm not I know that like Rami brought up the guy was homeless at one point. He'll kill you. So <laughs> he'll stab you with but a But I think those things go into the conversation. <laughs> but like what what bothers me about it is Jimmy Butler thinks that his way is the way to go. This is how you right. This is how you build a championship team, and this is how you win games. Like no man, 
It's not. And being a good leader, if you're going to open up a manual of how to be a great leader, whether it's in basketball or anything, browbeating your talented coworkers is not being a good leader. <laughs> no. And that's what he does. I tried it when I got here. It does not work. <laughs> it does not because, work. Because, again, we just didn't care. <laughs> right. And I think, it's, I think it's interesting that look at some of the verbiage that we can't even say without getting an FCC violation here on the show. Some of the things that were sent in those social media messages from Joel Embiid. He's not saying to Carl Anthony Towns, I just don't like you, man, or you're a bad guy. He's belittling him by calling him a five-letter word that ends in Y and uh, is also a, something we call cats, mm-hmm. right? Ironically, or yeah. coincidentally. Um, it's bully tactics, and it's to me, it's not... I don't think... Maybe I'm wrong on this. I don't think in 2019 you can be a bully like that and also succeed to the full extent that you're going to and build a team to be a championship caliber team. You like can, I know that's kind of deep, but I don't think Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid can be topic. champions because of the way they treat oh, people. Oh, I think you can bully people outside your team, outside your organization, and people in your organization will fall will follow your lead. I don't I don't, me, I don't think Joel Embiid and the way that he treats Carl Anthony Towns I don't think that does anything to impede his success or the 76ers' success. Well, we know Doing that Jimmy, it to your teammates, that's a different story. And we know that Jimmy does it to his teammates. Yes. And it's, it's been proven. And I'm saying if Joel Embiid has that same DNA, the Sixers will not win a championship. They will not. And I don't want to hear, well, Kobe, that was 20 years ago. It's a different time. So the, this uh, story that Chris Hines uh, did in the Star Tribune on Towns in the last week or so, I think, a couple weeks, was a great story. And one thing was was that Carl, at some point in time, was given a book of poetry, I believe, and like devoured it because he he's a real, he's a smart guy. Yeah, and he went through it and he loved. Oh, it. you read, you're a wuss. Yeah. Well, he's a wimp. Mean, but there poetry was, guys. But there was one particular <laughs> poem on. that he liked so much that that he bought the the book for his teammates, the books, and he gave them all one book. How dare he? And. Can you see like but like Butler in his mind? I don't think could identify. He'd be like, "What? What are you? That's not leading. That's not how I, I lead." And the only way I think that you can get this to mesh, and this is tough, is if you introduce a guy, and and this goes way back now, but like Phil Jackson, right? Because he could take Rodman and be like, but then he would treat him totally differently, and he yeah. would know how to, and and he would know how to pull all the strings on all all these star players. You saying Tom Thibodeau may not have had that? Uh, I'm saying right level now, of, and I'm you know what now I'm not sure if there's a coach who could do that. I mean it's a tough job, but my point being is to have Butler coexist with a guy like Towns and totally get it almost would take an adult in the room to sort of control him as well. Yeah, knowing knowing that you would actually confide in Carl and be like this guy's a goofball, but he's a pretty good player. Yeah, well, uh, but what Carl did, think about that. Carl is Carl is motivated and inspired by things that Jimmy Butler would think only a person to go back to the word that you didn't use would like, which makes no sense. It's not true, but that's how Jimmy thinks, and that's how Embiid clearly thinks. Yeah, and now you're seeing you've got an organization and a coach and Ryan Saunders and a front office that are empowering Carl Anthony Towns and saying, "Listen, wherever you, whatever you like, whatever you come from, you know, wherever you come from, whatever it is that." Your style is, we're all in on it, mm-hmm. and you're the guy. You're the man, as I once said and write that down three years ago and did not get the point for even though I was right, because he is the man. And Shouldn't I don't put know. a time limit on it. Like, there's almost, oh, no, we, we took off the word. Oh, okay. There's almost, there's almost like a, a masculinity definition yes. thing at play here, too. Not where, almost, you're right. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is a great player and a better player than Jimmy Butler is right now. 
but Jimmy Butler has a different vision or or definition in Joel Embiid of what a man is. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like to me. And I don't they know. They see it's, him as weak. Yeah. They see his personality as weak. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. This is all just like playing out publicly and and to us that seems stupid. But the world of sports, locker rooms yep. aren't always with the times. They're not always the most progressive places in terms of what we think of as a man, the identity of a man, like that, what Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid think permeates locker rooms, not just in the NBA, but throughout professional sports. And I think that's why Cat had to send the message that he did to Joel Embiid a few nights ago. Cause there are other, it's not just Embiid and Butler. That is something that is spreading through the league. That Cat is soft. I'm telling you, that is, it's not the, Kendrick Perkins. Did you see his tweet? Yeah. After it happened, he was basically saying it's about damn time that this seven foot two monster is stopped letting people push him around and bully him. Right. No, actually, he's just going to sit back there. And this is what I want to have happen in March. I don't want those guys to fight. I don't want Carl Anthony Towns to go round two and really land one this time. I want Carl Anthony Towns to hit eight three pointers in Joel Embiid's face. And the Timberwolves win that game, or even if they don't win that game, Carl Anthony Towns puts up 35 or 40 points his way, shooting threes, playing better defense. Like, that's, you know, I, I, there's, I, I keep going back to, like, what's your definition of being tough and manly? And, like, Jimmy Butler has his definition. Like, you don't have to be Jimmy Butler's definition of anything to be a good player. No. But that's what we're dealing with here. And what Carl did, I, I think, given the circumstances at that time, was exactly right, finally. Because mm-hmm. at some point in time, it, you just get pushed too far. At some point, you've got to say, oh, I can't take this anymore. This, this is garbage. He should have UFC-style, before he walked out, challenged Jimmy Butler as his next opponent. <laughs> he should have. He really should have. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that game. <laughs> although, you, although, although, you know what? Jimmy might have a hamstring by that game or something. Yeah, probably will. I, I don't I don't trust his motives for not showing up at games. Let's say that. But he's not. he's also not afraid. That's the thing. He took the paternity leave for like a week. I think the, the I think the his his girlfriend had a baby on like Wednesday, and that yep. game against the Wolves was on a Sunday. It was a two or three game road trip, and he just didn't go on the road trip. Part of it's because that's ah, the regular season. Who cares? I don't think he's ducking. He's certainly not ducking Wiggins and Towns. Put it that way. Like he has zero respect. How for does he one get to make guys, up? So. But, okay, what what he he did as an adult and as a parent is cool. But how does he get to make up the rules though? Then of what's what's basketball tough and what's not. Like, if I'm his teammate, I'm like, dude, don't ever ride me again. Don't ever say a word to me. Yeah, I, you've missed 20 games, dude. Yeah. You, you're but always I mean, hurt. if you want to take time off for your child to be born, actually, as a parent, that's awesome. But never come back then and question me about something. About toughness. About toughness, about, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's that's well, fine. We're, we're cool, but I don't want to hear you ever give me bleep in the locker room again. If you're if you're going to be Mr. Adult, then be Mr. Adult. I think the hook for Jimmy and Embiid, it's such an easy one. Carl Anthony Towns plays every game all the time. He might have been he missed a game or two last year. He may have. But Carl Anthony Towns is like an eighty game guy. He's an eighty game guy. Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler have combined eleven years in the NBA, not counting this year. So eleven years going into this year. And they've combined for two seasons of seventy games or more. And you want to talk to me about toughness? Right. Now listen, and I get it. Injuries are legit, and Joel Embiid had some major problems at the beginning of his career, but pipe down. Pipe down. So let's uh, let's wrap with Royce here when we come back. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. 
on Score North and the Score North app. Vikings Vent Line, you can hear right after Vikings and Chiefs on Sunday with these two guys, Rami and Judd, are going to be hosting it this weekend. And they'll be watching that game on a TCL TV here in studio. A 55-inch, 4K picture quality, Roku built-in TCL TV, which we've got all over the hallways and two of them in the studio here. Uh, One of the great things about TCL TVs is the ability to easily toggle back and forth between your cable or satellite channels and 5,000-plus streaming channels. It's not an external device. The Roku is built into the TV, and there's just a small, easy-to-use remote. You can go back and forth. And even on the remotes we have here, there's a button for Netflix and a button for Hulu and a button for Sling as well. So if you're uh, if you're into Netflix and Hulu, you get subscriptions, you can just literally hit the button and boom, voila, there you are, watching whatever it is you want to. TCL is the official TV of Score North, and all the games and sports we watch in the studio are on, like I said, a 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV. It's America's fastest-growing TV brand, and the website is TCLUSA.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll keep it short to end the week. The Score North podcast network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to The Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com, the free Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. That's been your Score North download for the day in the week. Time for the final segment of the week of Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Let's wrap with Royce. What are you doing in Hutchinson, Patrick? Uh, two unbeaten, uh, very good uh, Class 4 football team. They always like to come out to Hutch because they uh, love their football. Uh, the Rossberg clan, uh, Grady, uh, coach forever. He's still around, and uh, his son, Andy, has been coaching a long time. And, of course, Andy also was uh, Lindsey Whalen's high school basketball coach. So uh, he's a... And uh, we can see the enthusiasm. Uh, I was walking here two hours before kickoff. They got the, uh, you know, the metal bleachers, just the normal metal bleachers. I would say uh, at least 300 of the seats have been reserved with uh, with Hutchinson folks coming out this morning and putting their blankets down. <laughs> it's like the beach uh, place where they come. They've got blankets all over the place and everything marked off and... Uh, you know they they want they want their seats when they get here, and apparently if someone arrives earlier and sits on one of their seats, you got hell to pay here. So anyway, <laughs> I'd be tossing those blankets aside, Pat. I'd be sitting down saying, I'm "Move me on right." I'm sitting on one right now. I hope Gertrude doesn't show up and kick me in the shins or something before the show's over. Wait, you're sitting on somebody else's blanket? You stole their spot? Well, yeah, but they won't, you know, the kick off. They don't kick off till nobody's here. Oh, okay, you got to. I'm going to sit on 10. I just assume it'd be a little warmer here. So, anyway. <laughs> no press box? Yeah. <laughs> Hutch, yeah, I'm going to be up there. All right, okay. Hutch, 9-0, Marshall, 9-0, and uh, they're, they're both really good. And, of course, Marshall, you know, it's the uh, they got the Andrews kid uh, who's playing for the Gophers and the quarterback at North Dakota State who's really good. He's uh, he's from Marshall, too. And uh, so they they've Marshall's been churning out football players, and Hutchinson's been churning them out forever. So should be good. Yeah. Hey, we didn't dive into this yet. I don't know if you guys did on Score North Live, but – Deadspin is basically dead, as we know it. Did you see the mass that? exodus from Deadspin yep. this week? So we bought some 62-year-old guy becomes the managing editor or whatever it is, right? And then he hires a bunch of other guys in their 50s and 60s, 
and they want to do it, it, it sounds like they want to do normal journalism <laughs> instead of dead pin spin journalism and then uh, somebody made a crack about uh, politics, uh, probably uh, referring to the 45th president of the United States, and he got fired, and then all these people quit, right? Yeah, Drew, Ma- Drew, Drew McGarry, noted Vikings fan, quit. This is the second time I'm going to make this reference in this show, but it's like that scene in Rudy where everybody walked into the coach's office and laid their jersey on the table. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, most of those guys will probably find jobs because they uh, they started a phenomenon as far as uh, irreverent websites in sports, I would say, and uh, now they don't want to be irreverent anymore, apparently, uh, which is probably a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, uh, that, that website, I think... I wasn't as as frequent of a visitor in the last couple of years. I don't really have a reason why, but in like the earlier stages, probably like in the early blog stages when blogs were really blowing up, the big lead and uh, Fark dot com, which is still the yeah. same as it was fifteen years is ago. It, that's still a thing. Yes, really. Yes, it is. I'm gonna have to go check that out. And uh, you might want to bookmark that for in other news on Wednesdays. All well. right, but but I think Deadspin was like it was a go to site for a long time. Pat, they didn't they well, break yeah, open the Manti Teo story yes, five years they ago did. too? Yeah. Or if anybody in sports did anything embarrassing, they were on it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were on it, and you weren't gonna and. And when you Google your name 15 years from now, you'll still be the first thing to pop up. Uh, whatever Deadspin came up with, there's no doubt about it. I got my Deadspin moment last year for the uh, Bernsey. Uh, I mean, I got to uh, one of their guys called and interviewed me about the Bernsey rant, which we just passed the anniversary of that, right? Yeah. And uh, the 30th anniversary, but they did one, uh, and uh, the guy they called me up. So I got I got my first Deadspin pub. Uh, I don't think it was. Uh, I might have been ripped there a couple of times, but uh, they actually uh, used some of my quotes, which was kind of fun because the guy was a great guy. I can't remember what his name was, but he was a great guy. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, they they don't realize that if they've if that audience is gone, you know, of, of these young irreverent now forty year old irreverent guys is gone. It ain't coming back. <laughs> There's nothing they can do there now. They've, they've already screwed it up. They might as well fold her up. So explain this to me, Patrick. A year ago, the Minnesota Sports Hall of Fame is revived by the Star Tribune. And the only just to put Sid in. Just to put Sid in. So. And now we got six people. So why didn't we have five people going in with Sid last year? Uh, I guess we felt that uh, he deserved to be... Uh, uh, you know, put in all by put on a pedestal all by himself. I always I thought the only reason they revitalized it yep. or revived it revived it was because Sid wanted to be in it. But uh, so I think to disprove that claim by many of us, they're now uh, going to keep it going here. Uh, they got now they got six Vikings. Uh, I mean, three of the six are Vikings. What are the odds of Randy Moss showing up for that induction ceremony? Negative five point eight. I would say zero. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess they're trying to sell tickets, and uh, and uh, it's it's part of uh, Minnesota Sports Awards. Is that the thing that FSN does, or what? I don't even know. What are the Minnesota Sports Awards? But I would love to, to hear the call to Moss. Randy, do you want to go? Uh, you're you're going to be inducted into the <laughs> Minnesota. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Lindsay, hey, can, Lindsay, I have a write it down? can I have a write it down for this weekend? I oh, hope you guys please. Yeah, All please right, do. Just, hold on. We're going to let me pull has up the spreadsheet here. Down. Yep. Dalvin Cook has uh, 103 yards, two touchdowns, and then he rips up his knee and doesn't play the rest <laughs> 
Jesus, that, that's, that's a grand that's slam home run of a wow. drive. And the person we're blaming is Judge Lugod for talking earlier today about how they haven't had any injuries. Now, Pat, I just want you to know that based on the official rules of write that down, if Dalvin Cook scores two touchdowns, tears his knee, but only rushes for 50 yards, you don't get the point. I don't get the point. I've done that before. What if he, what if he rushes for more than 103? Is that okay, or do I have to have the exact number? You got Well, you got to tell us. Are you going exact number, yeah. or do you want at least 103? Just go with more than 100 yards, I better, huh? I better go with more than 100. Okay, just to be safe. No. Yeah, just to be safe, because <laughs> yeah. all, three, all three now will come true for sure. Smart. That's a savvy player right there. That's good. Like Royce We already have some fans showing up with their blankets. They're not going to get beat out here. Dang it. That's good. Bring on these hated Marshall Tigers. Let's go. How cold is it? It's a little nippy. I don't know, 30 maybe. I don't know, it must be. What What do you think, Grady? 36 right now. Grady Rosberg. Uh, just Grady Rosberg, and, uh, legend. Yes, yes. And uh, he's... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm surprised he's not out killing anything out in the field someplace. But uh, <laughs> he already got his tear. <laughs> I got to tell you, as I said this on Twitter, I, I forgot to wear any kind of a jacket, and I could tell it was cold. So I I texted Andy Rosberg, who's now the coach, Grady's son, and said, uh, where do I buy a, like a winter vest in uh, Hutch? And he... Uh, Tweeted me back and said he's, he's going to find one. He'll have, he'll bring one for me. And with Grady, because he's one of the world's greatest trappers, one of the world's greatest hunters, I figured they'd find one that had muskrat blood and goose feathers on it. And I said, no, I'll buy one. So I <laughs> muskrat blood. <laughs> they're they're uh, great football coaches out here and uh, great outdoorsmen also. Yes, that's amazing. So basically you're confirming we're not going to get a part two uh, shirtless Patrick Royce in the bleachers photo here floating around Ooh, Twitter not today. Not tonight, okay. but I do, uh, I do love the blankets, man. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, the Hutchinson uh, football is not uh, hurting in Hutchinson like it is in a lot of other places, or Marshall for that matter. Yeah. These are, they, still, they still got the... Uh, they still got the moms out here that go up to their son and say, hey, you big wimp, go out for football, instead of telling them not to. Yeah, uh, Pat, last last thing for you here. Andy Reid, in, in, a, in a league where everyone's looking for the next Sean McVay, this weekend we get Andy yeah. Reid and Mike Zimmer in a coaching matchup. Your pretty, thoughts? Pretty good. I, I love Andy. Uh, you know, what he went through with his sons and the whole deal and uh, came out the other end and uh, – I do love him. Even last week when he knew he was losing, man, he doesn't bring his head up out of that uh, play, play, uh, those plays, does he? He's coaching until the last minute. I'll say that for him. He's, a, he, you know, he was an unbelievable hire for the Eagles. Nobody really, right, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, he was a quarterback coach at Green Bay. Nobody yeah, thought guy. anything of him. Yep. And it was, it was quite a reach to uh, get him. And he's not the guy that's going to waddle in the room and dazzle you with his verbiage either. So somebody made a. Uh, Somebody made a hell of a hire there in Philadelphia the many, many years ago. Yep. All right. Enjoy football tonight. Enjoy the crisp air, and we will talk on Monday, Pat. Stay warm. All right, gentlemen. See, See you, Pat. All right. That's wrapping with Roycey here on Mackie and Judd. Only Roycey would turn down a, a coat being brought to him for fear there'd be blood on it. Actually, he doesn't wear a coat more than anyone I've ever met in Minnesota. Really? He just like hates wearing coats. I don't like wearing him, coats either. You'll see him walking through coats. the parking lot in the middle of winter 
and he'll just have like his sweatshirt on when it's 20 below zero. Good for the him. One, the one great thing about a coat, the pockets. Yes, exactly. You can accessorize. I don't even carry my wallet when I'm not wearing a coat. I just have like essential cards and cash in my pocket because I don't like the feeling of a wallet in so my what, jean So why pockets. don't you like coats then? That's the only good thing about them. I don't know. They're I love coats for Uncomfortable. That. I don't know. Like, it's... The worst thing is taking a coat to the mall. You ever go yes. to the mall with a coat? Awful. Yes. It's like, do I wear it? I just I, wear it around. I'm carrying this thing around. If I wear it, I'm going to be sweaty soon. I'm itchy. It's like a whole thing. Okay, how yeah. many times a year do you have that exact problem? Every Around Christmas Just time. embrace sweating. <laughs> like once, like a year. once a year around Christmas <laughs> Embrace time. the sweating. By the way, the answer is you don't bring your coat into the mall. So yeah, I'm going to freeze true. my you ass off talking from the car. Yeah. Well, it's not that far of a walk. No, you wear it around the mall. Who cares? No. Oh. Yes. No, you get you sweaty. Your, no, it's fine. You sweat, but you got your stuff in the coat pockets. It's great. I don't want to sweat. I'm with you. The wallet in the coat pocket, it's my favorite. I hate wallets and back pockets. That's why I wear can't it, do it anymore. Me. That's why I wear car- cargo shorts. Strictly for the pockets. That's Strictly functional. I, I don't care yeah, what I look I like. That. Have you ever done the Napoleon Dynamite? Have you ever put tater tots in your... Uh... In your cargo pockets? Maybe. 100% he has. <laughs> definitely. I'm not even criticizing you. I'm just saying you've definitely done it. Maybe. And it was while he was on air, too. <laughs> and candy, too. Do it on Monday, actually. Do it for Ventline on Sunday, I'm, which you can find after Vikings Chiefs. I'm guessing I'm guessing small thing of cookies in Rami's cargo shorts, at least. Cannot confirm nor deny. Yeah. You can find our podcast. Mackie and Jump with Rami. Or you can block Why? our podcast if you want. A warning. <laughs> Apple, Spotify, Score North app.